Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode this season of Amherst Weekly, where we're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres AHL affiliate, the Rochester Americans. I am your co-host, Chad Didimenesis, and as always, for the rest of the season, I will be joined by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst for the second season in a row. Keith, finally, we got this, uh, we got this little show here going again this season. Yeah, it's uh, finally got the show going. Uh, the season is kind of getting started and things are off to an all right start. So, you know, it gives us a, a good time to start chatting and, you know, talk about where, where they're really at. So we're going to, so the way I guess we're going to do this today is we're going to kind of, in a way, kind of go back to set the tone for the rest of the season. I mean, I know we're nine games in, but we're going to kind of talk about a few things happened at the beginning of the season, but we're going to start here. And the first thing is the big coaching shakeup a few days before the season started. So Chris Taylor is in uh, Buffalo now with Don Granado being out with the pneumonia thing, which was super scary, but it sounds like he's doing better. So that's good. So the Amherst have themselves a new interim head coach, I guess you could say. We'll see how long that goes for, but kind of, kind of what's the feeling, I guess, kind of, you mean you're on the players kind of, what was the feel when that happened? And then how have things kind of gone this season with, I guess, an unexpected new coach behind the bench? Yeah, I think it's, I don't think it was that big of a deal at all. Um, you know, Gordonine is hockey royalty. Um, I always tell people if you're not familiar with who Gordonine is, you know, just look him up on Hockey DB or Elite Prospects, look through his resume, look through his Wikipedia page, and you'll be amazed at, you know, how, how long he's played, how long he's coached, and what he's done. You know, the, um, he's part of the coaching staff. You know, this is their third year. So really, Yes, it is a big change, absolutely. But you know, the coaching staff between Rochester and Buffalo, you know, they they've been working together for months. Um, you know, for you know, yes, they're new with Ralph Kruger. Um, you know, but it was you know, it's really a seamless transition. They all know what they're doing. You know, what the plan is. Um, so, you know, so it's not like Gordonine is some brand new coach. You know, in his first year wearing uh, you know gardening gloves or something. Um, <laughs> you know, he's uh, you know he's been around the block. Um, you know, he's part of the team. The players know him. Uh, you know, he's yeah, he's been there. You know, from the you know the development camp to prospects camp to training camps and everything and all the meetings. So it's you know it was a seamless transition in a way. It's not like he was jumping into you know brand new uncharted territory at all. Right. So, I mean, I assume that they're running similar systems and everything the Sabres run, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it works. It's nothing that's going to drastically change under him, correct? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, Chris Taylor, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, yes, it happened right before the season started, but, you know, game plans were all in place, you know, practice plans, what they wanted to do, you know, the goals of the season, you know, they'd already been in all the meetings in Buffalo through all the camps, you know, where they wanted to go. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it is a definite change. But, you know, going back to it's just, you know, it's all similar and they're all on the same page these days. It's not like there's a, you know, there's a communication, you know, daily between the offices where it's a, you know, one person doesn't know what the other person is doing. So from the, you know, from the player's standpoint, you know, again, it, you know, this is a team that has a lot of returning players from the last few seasons and last season. So they all know Gord, you know, they all know, you know, what kind of the plan is and. You know, it really is a, you know, it's not a, you know, team full of rookies where they're, you know, they're not going to listen to the coach or, you know, they don't already have the trust built in for them, you know, with them. So last season, the, the kind of the goal, I guess you could say, it was kind of called a cup or boom. You know, it was a lot of expectations on that team going into last season. Is that kind of the same feel this year? I mean, you just had a lot of returning players. They do have some decent prospects down there still. So, <clears throat> excuse me, is it, is it still like a, 
Calder Copper boom type feel, or is this like, well, it should at least be a playoff team, and then we'll kind of see what happens from there. Yeah, I think the you know they they kind of tempered their expectations, or the you know maybe the word is you know the the rhetoric as far as what they're talking about. Where you know last year, yes, it was be an elite playoff team or bust. Um, you know this year, it's more of yes, obviously that's the goal. You know, guys who kind of hesitated to mention that. Um, you know, they just decided. I think the goal is, you know, let's just you know work at things you know little by little throughout the season and get better as it goes on versus you know, setting the talking about the standard super high, um, you know, there's obviously a, a difference in talent as well. So I think they, you know, kind of say, Hey, let's kind of see where things go and see where they shake out and, you know, get to the playoffs and, you know, then talk about the next goal versus, you know, talking about it in October. So there's, there's, you know, there are some new players. We, we said it's a lot of returning players, but there are some new ones. You know, John Sebastian D, uh, Andrew Hammond and goal, Curtis Lazar. Uh, I mean, Scott Wilson's not a new player, but it looks like he's going to be down there full time this season. Right. That's going to be the goal. So, you know, kind of still, I mean, they made some moves. They got some, you know, different players in there, but is there still an area or two this team kind of is missing or you think they'll, they'll kind of maybe possibly need to address at some point this season? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, if, Tage, if the team loses Tage Thompson, there's going to be a massive gap on offensive, uh, the offensive front. Um, you know, they definitely lost scoring from, you know, Victor Olsen, uh, Danny Regan, Wayne Simpson. You know, those are just three players that, you know, that's... And Taylor Lear is out for most of the season, right? Yeah, and Taylor Lear won't be back till midseason, so that's, you know, 80 goals right there, something like that. Uh, so there is a, you know, there's definitely a question and concern already you know early in the season and going forward where is the scoring going to come from you know and Tage already has you know he's got four goals four assists through nine games so you know if all of a sudden take him out of the mix you know the Sabres open up a spot for him you know there's going to be a you know a bigger gap on that front um, you know so it's scoring is the you know biggest concern that's why a lot of these games have been close uh, you know that's why the power play has struggled so yeah you know it's Early in the season, um, you know, uh, Sebastian D has kind of found a scoring touch in the last couple of games, last few games. So, you know, maybe that's his way of breaking out, Um, you know. But so far, Lazar only has two goals. CJ's got two goals. And, you know, from there, it's kind of slim pickings and scoring. You know, so I wasn't – I guess we'll kind of get into the player focus here. I wasn't really going to ask you about him this week, but I'm kind of curious since you've mentioned him now. So, CJ Smith. So, this kind of felt like this was his – camp to really in a way a boomer busting if you make the team or you probably your chances are very slim of getting back up there kind of what's his i mean he didn't make the team he was one of the first cuts too so that you know he didn't play well when he was here so kind of what's his vibe what's his feel kind of you've been around him is is he you know is he maybe showing it a little bit that he's bummed or is he still kind of doing his normal thing and you know working hard yeah he's definitely working hard you know i think one of the best lanes he kind of you know, said last year, and I asked him about it this year, was, you know, he's, uh, you know, of course, anyone's bummed when you get cut, you know, you don't make the team. But, you know, he's got too much respect for teammates and the teams to really pout and, you know, kind of drop your head. You know, I think he's seen over the years players that have done that, they've all been shipped out, you know, and traded. And, you know, they've, none of them have really gone anywhere from that. So, you know, best thing you can do is just kind of put your foot forward and, keep pushing um you know he's second on the team with 40 shots through nine games um you know tage is at 41 
you know, so it's not like he isn't shooting, um, you know, he isn't trying. It's just, you know, the goals haven't started flying in. So, you know, so there's five points through nine games, two goals and three assists. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge probably, um, you know, as far as also who he's playing with. Um, you know, last year he was playing with Simpson and Porter a lot of the time. So, you know, they kind of, they were the top line scoring. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, yeah, their goals aren't coming for him yet, but you know, it's not for a lack of trying or, you know, lack of, uh, you know, wanting to be here, so to speak. So the next guy I'll ask you about is, I think, well, for now, I think he'll still be the uh, favorite forward, at least down in Rochester. That's Tage Thompson. So, like you said, he's off to a good start. He has eight points in nine games. Um, you know, kind of how – I mean, you saw him at the end of last year. So, do you, are you seeing maybe some growth in his game? I mean, some of the highlights I'm seeing, let's say he's maybe using his body more, which is good. That's one of the things I kind of wanted to see him learn how to do is actually use that big frame. But in, in general, kind of, are you seeing from what you saw from him last year and the little bit of time Rochester story is now, are you seeing some kind of growth and some changes in his game? Oh, he's definitely. I think he talked all preseason about what putting on. I think he said fifteen pounds of muscle. Yeah, that's and like yeah, he's you know, and that's it's obvious. You know, just the way he, you know, I think he saw his goal Sunday where he was kind of in front of the net and turned backhand, and you know, he's just guys aren't pushing him around. He's also using his size to his advantage to you know muscle people off the puck um, and the boards. So everything that he did last year as far as coming down here and dominating has carried over to this season. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, he's the best player on the team. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, he trying to score and, you know, he's got, uh, you know, yesterday I think he had eight shots on net uh, Sunday afternoon and he probably had another, you know, five or six missed. So, you know, one of the things was everyone always used to pick on him for, you know, always missing the net. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that happens. But when you're, uh, you know, you have that shoot, you know, shot mentality, as they say, you know, it's going to happen. But, you know, he's putting the shots on net as well. So, you know, if you miss some and you're hitting most of them, you really can't, you know, call someone out for that. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. So the next biggest guy we think we're on our track as long as he's going to be down there and I'm sure you know where I'm going here. Uh, just back in the lineup, Lawrence Pilot played five games, four points in five games, overtime winner over the weekend. Um, so it sounds like, it seems like, you know, after that soldier injury that he's kind of stepping back into the player that he was maybe the beginning of last season before he kind of hit those bumps in the road near the end of last season. Right, yeah. It's, uh, you know, everyone knows with the defenseman, you have to get your timing down and, you know, everything else and considering he didn't play for, you know, six months of the playoffs last year. So yeah, I mean, he had a, you know, couple of rough games to start, which is to be expected. And then, like you said, that overtime game winner Saturday night, you know, that could be the, uh, you know, the monkey off the back and, you know, put him full speed ahead. So yeah, he's still making smart plays and, you know, he maybe seemed a little hesitant at first being physical, but you know, he's, yeah, he's he's got the smarts for it, so it'll be a matter of can he pick up where he started last season and carry that through to the end, or is he going to plateau again and, you know, kind of fizzle out? Um, you know, I think part of that last year was probably the the press box treatment he had. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, and that can take a toll on someone's uh, confidence. So, yeah, he's going to be a key part down here, and, you know, last couple of games he's been top defenseman. So two more guys we're in touch on this week. So one is a guy I'm going to ask you about because I think he's one of my 
more interesting prospects, and that's defensive defenseman Jacob Bryson. First year in the AHL. Uh, you know, he I didn't I expected me a little bit more from him in training camp. He really didn't play that well, but that's not you know, that's not uncommon for a player just coming out of college to professional hockey. But I mean he has the wheels, you know, he's one of one of those nice puck moving defensemen. Uh you can add some offense from time to time. So kind of how has Bryson looked the first few games? I know it might be slow for him to start getting used to pro game, but I'm kind of just curious kind of how he's looked to start. Yeah, going into the season, I was, you know, wasn't sure what to expect from him, um, but he's definitely been the, you know, kind of surprise player so far. Um, you know, he has one of the things, you know, he's had a couple of great assists. Um, I think he had one assist on a JSD goal uh, a couple weeks ago. It was just a beautiful pass from, you know, behind the blue line, set of a breakaway. Um, you know, he's, you know, five foot nine, I think, you know, technically yeah. smaller guy, but he plays you know, like an Andrew McWilliam or Will Borgen or anyone else who's a, you know, a little bit bigger in size. Um, you know, they've been putting him on the penalty kill, which he's kind of struggled at so far. I um, <laughs> wouldn't put that all on him. Right. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, that's something that shows that's kind of where they want him to be. And, you know, there's going to be the growing pains. But, you know, one of the things they always say is make the mistake, go back out and don't do it again. And, you know, that's kind of what he's doing. And you see him growing every, you know, again, every game as a player. So, you know, didn't really know too much about him going into the season, but he's definitely been to me one of the you know bigger surprises. I kind of thought you know Fitzgerald would have more playing time over him, but you know Bryson has kind of led the way. Well, the last thing I want to ask you about it's more it's more I guess of an over overall positional thing, and that's goaltending. Uh, Andrew Hammond's there; he's had some struggles to start. Uh, Jonas Johansson's there, and then Uka Pekalukinen, the arguably future in goal for the Sabers. Uh, is starting to practice again and getting closer to maybe getting some game reps in. So kind of what do you think their plan is in goal? Is it going to be Hammond mostly, and then they're going to work Johansson and Lukanen in? Could Lukanen end up in the ECHL or Johansson? Or what do you think kind of the plan is going to be this season? That's a that's a big question. Um, you know, you would think the goalie of the future is going to, you know, step right into, you know, to playing AHL games. Um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, Hammond and, you know, Lukanen kind of sharing duties once Lukanen is healthy. Um, you know, I think the writing's on the wall as far as where Johansson's place is in the organization. Yeah. You know, kind of, he's, he's played all right. And no matter how he plays, you know, you know, he's, you know, there would have to be a, uh, you know, worst case scenario for the Sabres to call him up. Yeah. You know, yeah. That happens down the road. Uh, same time, you know, Hammond is the veteran goalie. You know, he kind of knows where he's at in his career. And, you know, when you have a, you know, young goalie like Luke and it coming up, you know, that's where you want that veteran goalie to kind of help lead the way and, you know, kind of lead by example. Um, you know, even if it's, you know, maybe the results aren't always there, you know, it's all about the preparation and practice, you know, mentality and how you act and everything. So, so you know, it's definitely going to be, I would say, Hammond and Lukanen, you know, once Lukanen is full speed. And, you know, that was obvious once they gave Lukanen the game last year at the end of the season. Very good. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. So the Amherst have three games this week, two at home against Providence in Binghamton, one on the road against Utica. So uh, is, that, is that a new thing this season, like getting these Wednesday games in? Because I don't remember that a lot last year. Yeah, I think there's, um, there's only three three-and-three three weekend games. So I think, you know, the, you know, Players Association, they want to get rid of those as much as they can. So okay. it's going to be mostly, you know, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday games. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, 
everyone talks about, you know, Wednesdays aren't the best for attendance, um, but, you know, it's all about the practice times and, you know, nobody wants to play three and threes and go on long road trips anymore. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of the, the way going forward. Um, you know, the Amherst lost Providence once they played them. Uh, it'll be the first time playing Binghamton and Utica is a, still the last uh, undefeated team in the league. So hmm. they get, uh, they got spanked by them seven to one last week. So it'll be interesting rematch to see if they can kind of hold them off and uh, yeah, weather that storm. Very, very good. <laughs> so that is Keith Wozniak from let's go Amherst. You can follow him on Twitter at, Let's go Amrix. And then also make sure you check out his awesome site. Uh, is it let's go Amrix.com? It's .com, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was getting confused if it's net or .com, but it's, it's .com. So yep. there you can find his excellent Amherst content throughout the season to get updates on the team. So Keith, one episode in the books. I appreciate you taking the time and looking forward to uh, getting into the meat and potatoes of the season here when things will start to pick up. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, things that are, you know, we're getting going to go past that 10 game mark and, you know, really be uh, have a better idea of where this team is looking in, you know, kind of keep watching the Sabres games, watch Olsen. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to, we're going to look back years later and be like, yeah, that was a fun season getting to watch him in, uh, yeah. in Rochester. It's funny, you know, quickly him, it's kind of, I guess, I think it's kind of like last season, Burm with the Sabres right now, where, He's getting you a lot of production on the power play, but the five-on-five five needs some work. So, But the thing that I keep thinking about is that's kind of how it was at start Rochester. And then the five-on-five five game came you know, later in the season. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. And it's weird kind of how he's starting out the same way. I don't think anybody can complain about power play goals. Exactly. Ever, right? Goals are goals, right? <laughs> Just take them. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Chad. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Have a good one.